The Bloom Podcast about bioeconomy. My name is Juliet Chunk, and today I'm going to talk to Martin Grimel. He's the head of the Center for Bioeconomy at the University of Natural Resources and Life Sciences, Vienna, shortly known as BOKU. His activities in the field of bioeconomy are far-reaching, ranging from implementation of different EU projects on the topic, his involvement as a national expert in the field of bioeconomy, both in the national as well as in the European contexts, and engagement in the development of the Austrian bioeconomy strategy. Martin, this podcast is about bioeconomy, so why do we need to talk about bioeconomy at all? Well, for the future, I think it will be the main concept. If we want to uh, come out of all and, and, and uh, be safe with all the, the future challenges, then bioeconomy is a solution. It's, it will be not a solely uh, solution, but it will be a part and an important part of the solution for our societal challenges, be it um, climate change, be it biodiversity loss, be it uh, environmental degradation, I think, uh, or raw material shortage. Bioeconomy has answers and provides answers for all those societal challenges. Therefore, I'm very convinced it is a future concept. How did you get involved in this topic in the first place? It was quite an interesting way to get into the topic. Um, I have been appointed as a national expert to the European Commission in Brussels in 2003, working for the general directorate responsible for research in Europe. And uh, we, the, the European Commission has a very large program for funding research. It is called Framework Program. And uh, we have been implementing an, a framework program for several years and we're thinking about the new framework program. And for this new framework program, our directorate um, asked us to have a one-day brainstorming. And we were transported outside of Brussels into a farm far away from any uh, other uh, buildings and uh, we had to stay a whole day and think about what would be important for Europe, what sort of research is needed in the future. And after this one day, we have been about 30 persons there in this uh, farm. After this one day in the evening, what we came up and what was our suggestion that we should put an emphasis and the focus for the future research was uh, the knowledge-based bioeconomy, uh, shortly named KBBE. And this knowledge-based bioeconomy then developed in the next uh, framework program. Uh, it was called the Framework Program 7. And the Commission put 2 billion euros behind this program to emphasis on to, to strive research in, 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 three, in three dimensions. First, to get the necessary raw materials from land and sea, so how to get to better produce biomass and then how to better uh, process this biomass. So techniques, we, we supported research that um, would work on different new techniques for transforming biomass into products, into services, into, into different, into food, into feed. So there we had uh, mechanical products, chemical processes and also biotechnology processes. So 
this was the starting point uh, and I do think it was also the real starting point for the bioeconomy in Europe at all because before that the, the bio, term bioeconomy was not very much used so far. Um, so what exactly is the knowledge-based bioeconomy, the, the KBBE that you just uh, talked about? Well, K KBB knowledge, that means that, uh, that, that we don't use only traditional, but also very new ideas uh, how to transform economy. And uh, this transformation then as a definition was that we would like to replace non-renewable material by renewable material. Mostly non-renewable material is, um, is, is uh, seen as the fossil uh, uh, raw material, so uh, oil uh, and coal, for instance. But um, when you now have a broader thinking of bioeconomy, it's not only fossil-based uh, uh, raw material, but it is all non-renewable uh, material. So it could be also steel or cement or any other um, material that uh, if there is a possibility to replace it by a renewable, so biomass uh, uh, based uh, material, then I think it for the future, of course, that would um, be of an advantage. So you said uh, your involvement um, in in the whole bioeconomy process, how you started, that was when bioeconomy kind of started in Europe. So do you think it's just uh, that many at times that these words like social innovation that pop up um, in the European context and bioeconomy, is it just a phase? Is it something that's going to be here for a long time or is it something that's just in right now? Ah, oh, good question. When, well, it's now quite a long time already around. It has been sometimes uh, tried to be replaced by circular economy, by green economy and other keywords. But uh, coming back, I'm quite convinced that in that the bioeconomy as a term still will be the one that will survive also the circular economy and the green economy because it's a more holistic approach than those other two approaches. I'm convinced it will stay for a long time, yeah. So what is the difference between bioeconomy and circular economy and green economy, since you mentioned them as the keywords yeah. that are being thrown around at the moment? What would be the difference? That the circular economy um, is not restricted to renewable um, materials. So non-renewable materials like metals and so on will are also touched by the concept of the circular economy. But then it is about recycling and reusing uh, things. So keep them in the loop, that, 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 that's the, the concept of the circular economy. While in the bioeconomy, we are not only keep it in the loop, we replace it also. So that, the, the, that would be the additional part of it, to, to replace, um, to replace uh, materials, uh, to, to regrow materials, so to have more of them. While in the circular economy, you will not increase the amount that uh, is available. In the bioeconomy, you can increase the amount of biomass by growing more biomass, for instance. So um, this is, I think, uh, one of the big differences. And when you say about green economy, then in green economy, it's the use of biomass 
biomass, but it's uh, only usage of biomass. There is no concept behind like uh, environmental, uh, ecological uh, issues, aspects. They are not uh, so much uh, considered in the green economy. And also the social aspects are not treated in the same way than in the bioeconomy. Mm -hmm. So when you say um, in bioeconomy, you can produce more. Um, how, what do you think about the questions that come about uh, regarding scarcity and uh, of natural resources in relation to bioeconomy? I think when, when I uh, tried to explain how I got into the bioeconomy and, and I uh, told you about this seventh framework program where two billion euros were invested to with, with, the, with the ultimate goal to change the economy from fossil-based or non-renewable-based economy to an economy that is based on renewable material, like we then called it bioeconomy. Um, there we thought investing 2 billion euros will be, in, will be such a boost that in 10 to 15 years the economy will have uh, switched uh, and will have uh, transformed to a bioeconomy. Now, that started in 2005, and you know we are not at the, in a bioeconomy so far. So what went wrong? And I think what went wrong was that at that time, the concept was very technical. It was about how to produce uh, um, raw material and how to transform the raw material and to produce products. What was missing at that time was uh, the environmental, the ecological thinking about it, and here we are on the scarcity question that you asked. Yes, if you would like to replace all non-renewable material that we so far use and consume in the world with renewable raw material, that, that there is not enough to produce. You, you never can do that. So part of the concept of bioeconomy has to be a sufficiency, a, a reduction of our consumption. And for instance, um, in Austria, we had a project where we calculated how much land would we need if Austria, if all the products that are used, consumed in Austria, would be produced uh, by uh, renewable materials. And the result was we would need three times the area that Austria now has <laughs> to fulfill the, 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 the needs for all this consumption. So the bioeconomy has to include ecological boundaries in its concept. Mm -hmm. And and there we are on the second part of it, of course, if you uh, put into uh, ecological boundaries, you also have to uh, see that societal needs have to be changed, that the societal perception has to be changed. And that has to be a part of the bioeconomy. Otherwise, it will not work and will not succeed in, in, in the long run because that mm -hmm. uh, there, otherwise we will run into the scarcity problem for biomass. Yeah? Um, if I understand you correctly, that means we have to change the perception of consumers. So we have to change uh, people's behaviors in the way they use things, in the way they buy things and that kind of thing. But it's very difficult to kind of change someone's mind in that regard. Do you think it's possible? And if you think it's possible at all, how would one go about it best 
to change this uh, mindset of just buying more and more and more? Well, if you would have asked me this uh, four months ago, the, the answer would have been, well, yes, we tried it already. We have not found the right key for it so far, but we are on the way. Slowly it will transform, even if then when... Um, other materials get more scarce and when the climate uh, change issue will pop up even more. So I was quite happy with the Friday for Futures uh, activities because that showed in the right direction already. But now with the COVID crisis and with the shutdown of the uh, economy, of the so-called old economy, there has to be now a new start of the economy, a recovery program. And I very, very much hope that uh, our political leaders now uh, realize if we now have the opportunity to restart our economy, we most likely should put this restart on a new idea. And this new idea, what we have seen is uh, also a change in the perception of the, mm -hmm. of the consumer. So we should use this um, terrible situation that we're in to, to see it as a chance to kind of promote um, a different ways of thinking about consumption. That's what you it mean. Would, yes, it is. It's exactly. a chance. It's a chance. Yes, it, it's a it's a window of opportunity that we have I have opened now. Okay. What are the most important questions regarding bioeconomy for you? I think we touched already uh, in yeah. about it, but it is uh, of course the ecological problems and uh, societal problems. Um, we have not touched so much about the societal aspects of the bioeconomy. Um, but uh, again, referring to the starting point where we had a very technical uh, setup of the bioeconomy, then I told you we ran into troubles with the ecological part, with the um, scarcity and with the not being able to produce enough biomass. But we also ran into big troubles uh, in, on the societal uh, part because what we were successful with this first uh, research program was that we could produce uh, quite a lot of more biomass and we could transform the biomass into different new products. We could replace substitute fossil oil. For instance, one of the technical solutions was uh, to use mice uh, to produce fuel. That was so successful that uh, there was a shortage of mice for food. And within half a year to a year in Mexico, the tortillas had threefolded in the prices. So people couldn't afford it anymore. And uh, this is a challenge within the bioeconomy that was not thought about at the beginning. So now when we were at the we are reshaping the bioeconomy concept this uh, societal thinking the ethics that has to be at the beginning already not at the end when we see results and then oh now we have the problem it has to be thought about in the more when starting a project and when starting an idea in the bioeconomy this has to be included already at the beginning mm -hmm. um, do you have a specific focus in the field of bioeconomy me personally, now, well, my background is uh, very diverse. It's uh, from agriculture to forestry. But uh, now since 2000 and uh, May 2019, so 
just one year, uh, I have switched my job and I'm uh, now uh, setting up a center for bioeconomy at the University of Life Science and Natural Resources at the BOKU. And uh, we at the BOKU, we consider us uh, as having a unique selling point as touching all fields of bioeconomy. And what would you say are the biggest potentials of um, bioeconomy in general? general the biggest uh, potential is to change our world <laughs> so <laughs> ch changing our uh, economy um, sh reshaping the thinking of people that's i think the ultimate goal and the ultimate potential of uh, the bioeconomy um, i'm quite convinced that uh, my grandson will live in a different world than I am living and I'm quite hopeful that he will live in a bioeconomy world yeah um I guess in the same sense the potential that you just said that to change the world and to change the way people think it's also maybe the biggest challenge or what would you consider as the biggest challenge um with regards to bioeconomy on the on the one hand yes it, 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 this potential is, is 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 only given if you if you treat the bioeconomy in its full complexity and reading something in a full complexity and not having simple answers is very difficult. So it needs a lot of good coordination. It needs a lot of collaboration with others. You have to look outside of the table. You have to see who you can connect, who has different points of views on it. So coordination, collaboration, uh, and of course, communication. That, that those are the real challenges to communicate, uh, to, to uh, also have discourses with people. Um, then that, that, that's, uh, I think, the main challenges for the bioeconomy in the future. Um, sometimes I hear about uh, competition existing between energy and food. What is that about? It's about the tortilla. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly, what I thought as well. Yeah, yeah it's about the tortilla. It's about uh, that uh, we just used uh, the biomass that usually can also be uh, used as food and feed, like mice, uh, to produce fuel. That was one of the, the, the uh, mistakes, I would say, that were made. Uh, that changed a little bit, fortunately. Uh, we now try uh, to use so-called uh, second-generation biofuels that is uh, made from, from biomass that is we cannot feed uh, and we cannot eat, uh, like, uh, for instance, lignocellulosic, so uh, forest-based biosings. That is, on the one hand, uh, some solutions that we are now finding for this uh, um, for these difficulties between uh, food and fuel. And um, the second one is um, based on uh, so not on the on lignocellulosic, but on algae. So to produce microalgae and uh, from this microalgae you can also produce energy then in different ways. So bioeconomy is not only traditional ways to uh, use uh, our traditional raw material, but also to find new raw materials uh, in order to produce new products, for instance. Uh, maybe quite an interesting uh, way also to think about this is um, is not we have talked about uh, lignocellulosic so uh, trees uh, but of, on the, uh, but I think 
this is exactly what would happen if we now would say, okay, uh, we have found uh, instead of uh, mice or instead of something we can eat, we now have found a biomass that we can use uh, um, without uh, having a competition to food and feed and use trees. Um, but I think we would run, if we, if we go ahead on this line, we, would, we will very soon also find ourselves in the same trouble than we have uh, with food and feed, with, with mice, because uh, we will not be able to replace all the fuel that we need by uh, producing fuel from trees. Um, it's not good. It, it would be not uh, the right uh, way. It would not be too few added value because trees are so much better in using it in different other ways for construction, for uh, pharmacy, for um, chemical produce, uh, chemical products that can be produced out of trees as well, that it wouldn't really be a waste uh, to use trees uh, only for fuel. So this is again something before starting to go into the second generation bio uh, refineries, as we call them, and put all our effort on this, we should already rethink no in the end this is only a short time uh, replacement on the long run we have to do it in a different way mm -hmm. um, i'm just thinking as i've been growing up um i've been told plant more trees it's good for the environment and all this and all that which i understand but then now we're talking about using those trees to produce things. So isn't that kind of also competition with the ecological environmental um, capacity or the, are we not pushing the environmental boundaries by using trees as a resource for different products? I can understand uh, your argument very well, um, but um, of course, uh, if you cut down trees without replanting trees or if you cut them down in a huge uh, area so that there, uh, you c the, the soil runs away after the first rain uh, and you can't replace it anymore, that, that will be a problem. So what's behind it is we call it sustainable forestry. And if you look at uh, the concept of sustainable forestry, then that uh, forest management uh, in, in the first line, then this means that you only take away so much that uh, you still can regrow it. And um, we are in Austria, for instance, uh, and in whole Europe uh, on the long run, we use only 60 to seven, maximum 70% of the trees that grow. So when we take trees, at least 20 to 30 percent still stay in the forest uh, uh, to recover the soil, to recover the nutrients in the soil. So this is uh, a way of uh, sustainable forestry. That makes sense. But um, at the same time, I think, OK, sustainable forestry sounds like a possible, uh, a good way to go about it. But when I think of a tree, it takes a really long time to grow. So even if you take only 60 to 70% um, of the trees we have in Austria, for example, then we need 30 to 50 years for the new trees to grow, which are planted. So I guess it, it has to do with a lot of planning and not taking 60% at once, maybe in small bits. Correct. Totally correct. Yes. Yeah. I myself have five hectares of 
forest and uh, during the corona crisis i was so happy to that i had time enough to replant uh, the, the forest and uh, here in Styria where i'm living it will not take 40 to 60 years it will take 80 to 100 years still so I, I even don't know my grand grandson who or grand granddaughter who will be the one who will uh, harvest that tree. But yes, it has to be in a contiguous way. There is a law enforcement in most of the European countries that uh, doesn't allow such a, a harvest as you were to harvest everything at once. Mm -hmm. um, so in Austria, there are these laws, or in different European countries, there are these laws that restrict um, things like cutting down trees um, in a big way but is it just enough for European countries or for the industrialized world to think about bioeconomy whereas the third world countries are not that far is it is it how are we going to meet each other because I think in in a world we have to do something and everyone has to do something so is it just the Europeans to take the concept of bioeconomy on how would how would that work? I don't know if that question is quite clear. Oh, it is totally clear to me. Yes, it is really one of the challenges that you're mentioning. It's, it's again the challenges of uh, how to fair distribute the biomass, the maximum biomass that we will produce on this earth. As I told you, if we would change Austria to bioeconomy, we would need three times the land. So we don't have that. So we would have to import it. Not, well, that would not be fair. There would be an ethical problem about that. Again, mm -hmm. hopefully, when you consider bioeconomy to be a holistic system and a holistic concept, then you can't do that. So you have to think about it. Where is the fairness uh, to produce with the biomass? How to uh, and and again, if you would produce then the biomass in let's say Amazonia in a Brazil or somewhere, and then you have to ship it or to bring it somehow transport it, it wouldn't environmental the, uh, correct anymore. You don't have a sustainable production on this anymore it's because you run into ecological problems with the transport of, of, of your biomass. So yeah, we, we are getting to the real trouble of the bioeconomy that it is a very holistic system that you can't uh, uh, can't um, uh, turn on one on one edge without thinking what will happen in the other uh, in, in the other corner of, of, of your uh, trouble and uh, your problem and so uh, this needs really something where many people think about it and think from different angles from different point of views exactly what a university can do when you, when you are not alone in your field you are not only a forester but you have people around you that are specialists in uh, so in social uh, science or a specialist in uh, in ecological science uh, as we have it at the university then you have to bring them together to think about this problem and hopefully you find then a solution that uh, fits all the pro uh, most of the problems that you are racing. Mm -hmm. um, so that means an EU-wide bioeconomy strategy is good, but we'd probably need something which is wild, which reaches the whole world more or less, which reaches other countries that are not involved in the EU. Uh, there is. There is an okay. initiative that is uh, bringing not all 216 countries of the world on the table, but uh, quite a lot of them. Uh, 
the European Commission or the European countries, not only the Commission, the countries are uh, speaking with one voice, uh, but then Canada, US, Brazil, Argentina, South Korea, China, yeah, that, that, and India. In India, they are, they are also talk, are talking in a forum, uh, the International Bioeconomy Forum, it is called, uh, about this issue to bring it on the worldwide table. Yeah, bioeconomy, you can't in, invent in one small region or country. Mm. You, on the, you, you can't do that. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm now involved in some initiatives that tell that say, okay, if you see it in on a too broad uh, on a landscape, on a geographical landscape, then you have to consider that, uh, of course, even in all, in Europe, there are very different geographical um, and climatic um, backgrounds for it. Mm -hmm. So the Scandinavian will have a totally different biomass production than France or Italy will have. Um, so and even if you look then at Italy, you will find difference between the south and the north. So at the moment, we try also to scale down the bioeconomy concept to regions and even to cities. So mm -hmm. Barcelona, for instance, is now working on a, on a bioeconomy strategy for the city. So mm -hmm. the this is something uh, where the bioeconomy has to be again flexible enough to be on a small scale, but also to think in the big term of it. Mm -hmm. That's this. Uh, that's the interesting thing on the bioeconomy. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> quite interesting because um, so I was thinking of an international forum, and you say there's a, already the na uh, international bioeconomy forum, but yes. then what I also hear from you, it's very, it's also important to kind of start from the bottom going up. So you've talked about the regions that they're trying to pre prepare their own bioeconomy strategies, but you also mentioned that universities are quite important because they have different expertise in different areas, not just the technical, the social, the environmental. And I guess one of the, of the um, benefits of universities is that they collaborate with different universities from different countries and somehow share the experiences which may hopefully impact the national laws of countries that don't have them. Totally correct. Last year in May, we started with an initiative called the European Bioeconomy University Alliance, EPU. There are six universities within this uh, alliance. And what we are trying is to uh, coordinate our efforts, not to duplicate it, not to uh, have too much uh, lack uh, in, in, in our thinking and try to, to find solutions to bioeconomy problems. Yes, uh, we, we will increase our, our uh, collaboration now to other universities as well. So open it up a little bit and try to incorporate other universities that would be interested in the bioeconomy. So I can imagine how universities get involved. I can imagine how politicians get involved. But me as a private person, how do I contribute to bioeconomy? You can look what you consume. <laughs> Uh, it's again, if you look uh, at the products you consume and if you uh, see what that they made from, then of course uh, changing on the one hand, if you, uh, if you have a good look uh, what they are made from and how they are made from, if they are fairly produced, that is the first part how you can contribute. 
you even can contribute more with how much you consume, what you need for the consumption. Of course, I never would um, start to reduce my consumption on food and feed uh, parts on it. But uh, again, when looking at other things, what I have around here in my home, I must say, well, there is quite a lot here, uh, maybe that I don't need. So as a person, that's one way to, to think about it. Um, what will be the future in the research is that uh, we will include citizens into the research much more than we have done now. So it's called citizen science, uh, where we ask, uh, where, where not only the researchers goes out in the field and uh, observes things, but we take into consideration or we take into our results uh, also observations from the citizens that look out. We'll change a little bit the way that research is uh, driven and I think this is uh, how it should be done. So you said you were also involved in the bioeconomy strategy in Austria. What are the potentials of bioeconomy in Austria if you think about the strategy and if you think about Austria as a whole? Well, the bioeconomy strategy in Austria, you see, well, you can't see it because it's a podcast, but I have quite a lot of gray hair and quite a lot <laughs> of those gray hairs have been uh, produced in the last years because uh, I was, uh, before I, I went to the university, I've been working for the ministry that was responsible for setting up an Austrian bioeconomy strategy. And we started already in 2014 with our first attempt and we had already in the end of 2014, I think we had the first finished strategy in our hand and we put it forward to the policymakers. But because of political turmoil and uh, because of political reasons, uh, this uh, strategy was never adopted by the politicians. It came back, we reshaped it, it went into the parliament again, it was again not adopted and it went forward and backwards uh, for several years. Fortunately, um, in 2019, in April, then we got a, a version that was adopted by the parliament. So Austria has now a bioeconomy strategy since 2019, since April 2019. Um, I would say it's a quite good one because of this long process, of course, we could also prevent to make the mistakes uh, that have been done in other uh, bioeconomy strategies. So the Austrian bioeconomy strategy, for instance, includes also the societal and the environmental aspects. And it is the only, the, the only, at least that I know, the only bioeconomy strategy that also uh, has a focus on sufficiency. So reducing consumption. Well, it's a strategy now, so it's a lot of paper. Mm -hmm. It is not set into practice. So what is missing is an action plan and not only a plan, but also some budget to uh, implement this action. Again, in when the strategy was adopted in April 2019, the parliament asked uh, the ministry to now... Um, to trans uh, uh, come up with an action plan within half a year. Again, in Austria, we had some turmoils. Uh, last week, I asked where the action plan would be. And so far, they now have COVID uh, problems. And uh, so we are still not having an action plan in Austria, mm -hmm. unfortunately. 
Uh, I still hope that uh, there is now the chance with the recovery program after the COVID crisis to enforce this action plan and to put it into action. So that's so far. Austria has uh, quite good potential from the biomass, from the processing. We have uh, uh, industry and we have uh, knowledge how to uh, produce things from biomass. We have world leader when we come, for instance, to textiles uh, made from forest, uh, like Lenzing, uh, which is making the t-shirts that I wear, is from forest. So things like that. Uh, we have uh, the uh, processing technology that uh, can produce plastics, uh, bioplastics from sugar, like Agrana is doing. So that is also something which is unique and uh, not unique, but uh, which is uh, quite far advanced yeah we have we have a very good potential for the bio economy in austria you said uh, you just started this uh center for bioeconomy at the university of natural resources and life sciences um Correct. so in in the center is it just research that you do or are there i don't know degree programs that you offer what exactly does the center do yeah well, the center by itself, uh, so far I have been a one, uh, one man center. Uh, now I will employ two more people. They will hopefully start working uh, uh, during summer. Uh, but the job of the center or the, the, the aim of the, the objective of the center is not to do research by themselves, but to coordinate the research of the university. The university has 15 departments, uh, 64 institutes, and I would say 85 to almost 90% of these institutes are somehow doing research in the area of bioeconomy. But of course, very different one. As I said, there will be someone who is doing research on genetics of trees and then another one who would uh, uh, do research how to ha best harvest trees, another one who would say biodiversity in the forest and the third one who uh, researches uh, how to transform uh, wood into products and so on. So. So far, there has been no coordination. Each institute worked by itself. Not, not no is, is, too, too, is too strong, but too little coordination. And the, and the job of the, uh, of the center is now to see, ah, okay, I know in this institute someone is working on this area. That would be good to combine with work that has been, is been doing in other areas. And um, the social dimension has to come in as well. So we have to, to coordinate this and most likely get them at the beginning when they start with their projects, uh, with their research projects. So this is the one uh, part on it. The other part is then if I can see, uh, okay, there's, uh, there we, we don't have the competence to, uh, at the university, but uh, for other, for instance, at the university in Graz, they have the, the, the competence at the, the technical university. So I combine them with them. So I have to look in the other universities in Austria and into other research institutions, not only universities, if they would have the competences. And if we don't find the competences in Austria, 
I'd look uh, to Europe and to international competences. So this is uh, in the research part. And the same is uh, true for the education part. So we also try to set up now curricula that is uh, uh, streamlined to the bioeconomy idea. And again, uh, if we think that we don't have the teachers and the professors and the competence, knowledge to, uh, uh, to teach uh, or educate our, our students in one way, then we uh, look, into, uh, to look to other universities inside Austria and outside Austria, if they have them, and try to combine those uh, to find a, a curricula that uh, will fit the bioeconomy strategies. And, uh, when we do research at the university, we get results. Most often these results um, not used are not implemented into innovations. So uh, we have now a, a center that is um, helping the researchers to, um, to put their results into practice, to uh, start spin-offs and startups. And this is, of course, again, something where I would think about it, okay, uh, to be really successful with these new ideas, with these new inventions, what would it need uh, so that the bioeconomy in the end is, uh, that the idea of the bioeconomy is fulfilled. So those are the three areas with the four C's, the, uh, in the, the uh, coordination, the connection to other people, also communicating things, so that that, that, that is the job or the, the objective of this center. Yeah. Mm -hmm. oh, sounds very interesting, thank you. Um, to close the interview, I know we've touched on this very often uh, during uh, this interview, but what developments do you hope for in the field of bioeconomy? Well, I think that would be a one, one, one sentence. I hope that now after the COVID crisis and the recovery and restarting of the economy is based on principles of the bioeconomy. That, that's what I am really hoping for. And uh, that would break, would be a breakthrough for the concept now. We have touched now for 15 years on this uh, concept. It has been in successful, but now it needs a booster and I think it can have this booster through the recovery programs uh, for the uh, after the COVID crisis. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much. It's been really interesting talking to you because um, now I've been able to answer some questions that I ask myself about bioeconomy, um, for example, the trees and all that. And I feel like I understand it better. So thank you very much for explaining it in such a lovely way and uh, for kind of telling us about what your institute does, what you do in the field of bioeconomy and how far Austria and the EU is. Thank you. Well, thank you. Stay updated on how Bloom is engaging EU citizens and civil society in the bioeconomy and how you can get involved via the project website and social media, www.bloom-bioeconomy.eu.